Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Spiel. My name is Chris, my as always is Parker and Alex, and we watched Invasion USA, the single most Chuck Norris I've ever seen in a movie. Uh, Parker, I believe this is your first time watching this illustrious work of art. I'm ready to enlist, you guys. I'm ready <laughs> to fight for this country. All these you fucking... Defend Florida, I will. <laughs> that as done. well. Done. It's over. Yeah. Yeah. But also... All these fucking libtard Twitter users. No. <laughs> it's over. I'm getting double Uzis. We're getting strapped up. And me and my boy Sorry, Chuck are <laughs> heading down. We're taking care of business. We're TCB now. This is exactly what the Second Amendment was talking about when it was talking about a well-armed militia. What they really meant was a well-armed some guy in Florida. <laughs> this is some Florida dude with driver's gloves on the entire movie. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy right now, you guys. Yeah, in this moment, I am euphoric. All right, uh, Parker, do we have any news? Do we ever. So, this is now when we talk about the Chinese version of Fight Club. Yes. <laughs> this segment. Yeah. <laughs> it's the ultimate Poochie died on the way back to his home planet. I. Oh no, we'll get to that. Oh. Ooh. Well, still, uh... I don't know if I'm the only guy left on this podcast who still likes Fight Club, although I have to admit, I don't think I've seen it in more no, than Fight 10 Club years. Rips, dude. Yeah. All right, we're, good. We're good. Yeah. All right, yeah, I, I really do enjoy Fight Club. Uh, I, I should definitely rewatch it. You know, I'm feeling like a toxic male. Uh, but that's one of the funniest ending things I've ever seen in my life. Like, on the one hand, I should be outraged because it's censorship and it's changing a really good ending, and the, the ending was chosen there for a reason. But to just put that on there just so blatantly, it's like, by the way, the cops arrested him, and now he's living okay with everyone. It's just it's the most 1984 shit I've ever seen in my life. Well, it's Tyler so Durden, He broke the rules and got reported. <laughs> it's great. I, uh, one so of my other know, ones, sorry, all right, uh, just before you do that, uh, one of my favorite defenses from uh, Tanky was like, actually, that's closer to the novel by Chuck Palahniuk, so uh, this is actually the more <laughs> canonical ending. <laughs> I'm a very staunch non-article clicker life is too short if i see vice.com i'm not clicking on it i'm sorry so i thought this was a joke and then the screen cap emerged <laughs> that's when i realized how real all this was and i gotta say i respect the move to just release a movie how many years later and then just like oh by the way uh cut the song they got arrested at the end yeah why release 23 years later who in, who in China was like, oh, finally, we're getting Fight Club. As it turns out, this is still like the second funniest ending to a movie after Rambo 3 with the thank you to the brave Mujahideen. They should have mixed him. Yes. The brave Mujahideen Warriors should have brought Tyler Durden to justice. Yeah. Oh, boy, can you imagine if they put that on the end of it? <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> 
Those are, those are really good ones. The problem is then you have to explain what happened to the Mujahideen. Well, uh, you know, a lot of times passed. Life is fluid. Things happen. Yeah. Allegiance uh, has changed. Piece of news that I saw from a video game that I've never played but looks kind of interesting to me is uh, you guys heard about the Cuphead animated series? I actually uh, just watched the trailer for that earlier. Oh, really? Uh, so Cuphead was a video game that came out a few years ago, and it gained a lot of notoriety for two reasons. One, it's really hard, and two, it's based on like those really, really old cartoons. Like I think it was like the Fleischer Brothers Studios, and uh, I think the, the art is really, really cool, because like, that's a sort of hard thing to replicate. You don't see it anymore, so for them to pay tribute to it, I think it's really interesting. I never actually played it, because... Uh, I'm not very good at video games, and I don't want to get frustrated and not beat it and have to resort to a YouTube video and make me feel like a dirty sinner. But uh, I looked at the uh, Netflix trailer, and it looks like they kind of watered down the art. Now it kind of looks like Steven Universe. Oh, uh, so I'll be watching this at some point. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I appreciate it in advance. Uh, disagree with you on that one, but, uh, you know. <laughs> just, I don't uh, want to watch Steven Universe, so I'm not going to cross you. Oh, hey, uh, so... Just, I- just know that uh, whenever somebody assigns that to me, they're getting Murderville back in response. So, okay, fair enough. Oh, do you not know is. about Murderville? The, uh, no, what's the Murderville? New, the new six-episode com- uh, comedy detective series starring uh, Will Arnett and featuring uh, Ken Jeong and Kingo and Marshawn Lynch. When you said you were going to sign that, I instinctively put my hands up and stepped away from my microphone. <laughs> I felt at danger. You just, wait, you just put your hands on the back of your head, get on your knees. Look, I'm just saying, like, that's where the line is going to be drawn. All right. Fair. <laughs> Jeez. There's probably a Rebel Wilson show out there that we're just doing a Mexican standoff for. All right. Uh, Parker, any other news? So, originally I was excited when I saw, hey, a TV show set in the MonsterVerse? And then you read the plot, and it's like, oh. After the events of Godzilla 2014, a.k.a. before all the other cool monsters showed up, you follow a new family's journey to uncover its buried secrets. And I don't care. I don't care about whatever family this is. I don't care about Monarch. I want to see all of my big boys. Is this a human family? I would assume so. So I'm not going to watch it. If it is, I'm in. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like that's the only way you can do that. The only saving grace I have for this is that it's an Apple Plus show, and Apple will just throw millions of dollars at like A-list actors for things no one on the planet has heard of. So like, at least it won't look like dog shit like everything on Netflix. But uh, yeah, not super excited. You know, I say I'm not interested in this, but if it ends up being Gamera, then you're you're going to be like, oh wow, Chris, biggest fan of all time. I'm going to have like the T-shirts and everything. I'm going to change my Twitter handle to. What is this called again? I don't think it has a name yet. Oh, it doesn't even have a name. <laughs> oh, coming out. Cool. All right, that's fine. All right. All right well, uh, there's no other news. Uh, Are we not going to talk about the lost monkey? Oh yeah, I, guess I didn't want to blow up your. Uh, I didn't blow up your spot there. Yeah, yeah. I, we. I'll cut this so the feds don't hear it. But uh, there is one percent of monkeys left in the level. <laughs> <laughs> How's he holding up over there, Alex? <laughs> uh, it appears he's trying to nibble on my ball sack again. I mean, again, jeez. You know, he's not, though, so it's cool. See, Dad, this is why I need the DualShock. You can't play it without it. So. <sighs> <laughs> that just took you back to a very real time in your life, huh? I just hope the monkey's yes. okay, man. He's probably doing fine. Let's just nickname him Caesar. I wouldn't I think know. Fine. <laughs> I <don't> know. Anyway. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, it can be two worse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I haven't seen this monkey. I mean, obviously, I don't live out there. I have no way of knowing. But he said he's doing well and thanks you both for your support. I mean, that's just what was passed on to me. I don't know anything about it. Oh, like Peng yeah. Shui. Yeah, exactly like that. Is that how it's pronounced? Peng Shui? <laughs> I always thought it was pronounced Peng Shui. Anyway, so let's get on to our jerks of the week. Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. I'll go first because mine's kind of short. My jerk of the week is the idiot who messaged me at 10.25 p.m. tonight on my night off saying, Hey, I'm not going to be able to work tomorrow. My other day off. And uh, could you please tell scheduling? I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. Do it yourself. Waste my <laughs> Real baller <laughs> movie. Hey, you pass on this message? No. No. No, I'm fucking... <laughs> I'm watching a Chuck Norris movie. I'm in the middle of something. That's, that's commendable. Uh, my jerk of the week is the uh, the coin in the Bills Chiefs game. Yeah, that's just unfair, man. Oh. Can't believe uh, oh, boy. can't believe the coin didn't favor us. You know our team. A real progressive debate. If they got heads instead of tails. Yeah. You know, it's just nice to see a team that has had so much success finally eat shit in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> really get humbled by an underdog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my jerk of the week is uh, my future self because I know I'm going to house several bat-shaped Little Caesars pizzas and I'm not happy about it. Oh but yeah, I, I, I haven't sucker. seen those yet. Hang on, can I just Google them while you're talking? Absolutely, you can. Uh, I appreciate that all three of us on this podcast can come together and really, really hate how excited we are to see yet another Batman movie. Uh, except yeah, for me, who likes it. So I am mad that I am that unironically excited to see it. Not even a little bit. So fucking bad, dude. Dude, as soon as they said three hours, I was just like, I am so happy to get the theater to myself. Yeah, oh, it's just like I don't. Can I just show up after an hour twenty and like watch his parents die right there and then watch the movie? Like, is that cool? No, it's like, fine. I, I the long movie bastard is back in charge, baby. <laughs> How's that pizza looking, Chris? It looks fucking terrible. Look at I it. know, but I have to do it. <laughs> I need to figure out which piece of the bat is my favorite. So I can be like, no, no, I need like the left corner of the window. It looks like, truly is... terrible. I will be eating it. Yeah, I mean, as a as a bunch of There's, Alamo it's regulars. It's cost more than like $8. Like, you gotta get it. There's yeah. nothing we respect more than treat gimmicks, especially oh. if they're movie themed. So like, it's dude, happening. did you see the fucking one where they were just like, dude, if they bring back like movie specific classes, I'm just going out all the time. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to throw out every cup I have. Alex already has a fucking better credit card than I do. He gets the uh, the rewards card. He gets like what three percent back on restaurants and shit. Hell yeah, I get three percent back for groceries. That's I, I I also get three percent. Groceries. Just living the kingly life over there. Oh, look also, at me! I, also, can afford I, a cat. I, th- I think it's I think it's four percent on restaurants, but who's keeping track? You know. <laughs> oh, I have a monkey living with so me. That's why he's staying here because I can provide. He just gets guys. king of the <laughs> castle. Man. Get three percent back on his bananas. <laughs> <laughs> hey, little monkey! You ever been to Outback Steakhouse? There's a promo. We spent seventy five dollars. I get fifteen back. Come on, buddy. <laughs> Before he gets reacquainted with the wildlife, I wanted to know where the Bloomin' Onion is. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, let's do another shrimp on the... No, 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 no. <laughs> Who are the fajitas? It's scaring him. Everyone get down. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot a fucking... One of those dishes where it's, like, still on fire. Where you know, you... <laughs> Freaks out. <laughs> Just imagine the monkey clubbing someone over the head with a, sk- a sizzling skillet from TGI Friday. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, you know, 
Bonzo, today is a very special day for you. And you hear in the background, happy birthday to you. Blow him out, blow him out, blow him out, blow him out. Oh, you know, guys are like Bonzo. Where'd he go? Where'd he go? Well, uh, I'm sorry he attacked you. Flip it upside down. But unfortunately, Sense I don't Bonzo's tip more life than energy, person. I cannot. <laughs> he found a way. <laughs> yeah, he's really got to do it somehow. All right, uh... Let's get on to what we watched recently, and for the first time in years, mine's going to be really short. Because I watched a bunch of stuff, but it was like, it isn't really worth talking about. There's just two that I think are worth talking about. Uh, The first one is, I watched Dracula from 1931, the Spanish version. See, this is one that's always (laughs) kind of interested me. So... A lot of people, when they think of Dracula in 1931, they think of the Bela Lugosi version, because that's the one that everyone knows. It's one of the most famous movies of all time. Uh, it turns out that the studio, at the literal exact same time that they were filming the uh, Bela Lugosi version, was just like, well, you know, press two for Spanish. So they decided to, on the same sets, with the same costumes, film a Spanish-language version of Dracula. With the director, George Melford, who did not speak Spanish and did not understand the language. Uh, I have to admit, this version's actually kind of good. You're going to get a lot of people online who are just like, oh, it's even better than the Lugosi version. And that's kind of um, it's kind of hot takey for me. Uh, there are some things it does better. Uh, it does kind of have, I don't know, a little bit more cohesion than the first one did. Because uh, there are a few extra scenes in there. It is stunningly accurate to the book, which it's always kind of weird for uh, any Dracula movie to do, because the book is really kind of dry. The one problem with Dracula 1931, the Spanish version, uh, or as I like to call it, Dracula with an accent above the first A, is... Just say El Dracula, dude. You can't do it. There's probably a different movie named El Dracula that's on the list that I haven't watched yet, so... And and also it would be El Dracula, I'm pretty sure. uh, I wouldn't know. I just cheated my way through it, don't worry It's alright. Anyway, uh, the main problem here is that uh, the guy who plays Dracula looks exactly like Don Flamenco from Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. So, that's really tough to get over. Anyway, Parker, I think you've seen the Spanish version. I have, and yeah, I've also seen all the hot takes. It's better, like, alright, there's like four shots that look better. Okay, let's calm down, guys. I mean, here's the ultimate (laughs) thing. Neither one of them is very good. Correct. It's not really something that's worth arguing over. The other one, I wasn't going to talk about this, but then I realized, oh, I'd be a fool not to, is a silent movie from 1920 uh, called The Penalty. Uh, This movie is, naturally, it's on the list. That's why I watched it. And uh, there are lots of things to talk about this with the fact that it doesn't actually end, it just kind of stops. And it's about a guy who, actually not even about a guy, it's about a a young boy, maybe like 11 years old, something like that. And uh, he's played... When he grows up, he's going to be played by Lon Chaney Sr., one of the great horror actors of the silent era. And uh, as a young boy, he gets hit by a bus, and uh, a doctor has to save his life. And checks the boy out and says, all right, I'm going to have to amputate his legs. And he does. And uh, then another doctor comes in and says, dude, why'd you do that? You could have just given him, like, this one drug. He would have been just fine. You just amputated this kid's legs for nothing. And the kid hears this, and he's like, oh, what the fuck? That totally sucks ass. I want my legs. And the guy's like, oh, it was an accident. So the guy grows up to be really bitter and angry and resentful at the world, and he becomes one of the uh, underground you know, bosses of the 1920s, the Prohibition era. 
So where I'm going with all this is you've got Lon Chaney on crutches and he's walking on his kneecaps for the entire movie. <laughs> just oh. like just like Gary Oldman in Tiptoes. <laughs> oh man, it's They are like miniature crutches. These are like crutches that Wee Man would use. <laughs> now, I did some digging here to learn some behind the scenes of how Lon Chaney did this incredible effect. First of all, actually kind of impressive for the 1920s. Like, I, at no point did I ever think, yeah, Lon Chaney amputated his own legs just for a roll, you know. But I did watch it. I, I was actually, like, watching it, and I was like, but where'd the other part of his leg go? Because, <laughs> like, I know he's just, like, bending up behind his back, but like, you're like, but where are they? It's like, it looks like they're not there. I don't know how he's hiding them. There are a lot of scenes where he has to, like, climb on stuff with just his arms. And it's like, wow, he must have really worked out in order to get this. And it's really entertaining. But every single time you see him, like, watching, like, da 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 all you can think about is Gary Oldman. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that movie is in someone's future, I'm sure. Uh, I guess the only other thing I've watched beside that, and I, I guess this will be the main thing, is I finally started watching Yu Yu Hakusho. I I have not finished it yet because it's 112 yeah, I didn't expect fucking it episodes, dude. And I was watching it while working, which is pretty good because it's kind of like a background show for me. Um, it's not really a show that requires a tremendous amount of attention paid to it. Uh, but there are some things that I really like. I really like, for example, the music, the opening theme song, the closing theme song. They're both really nice. Um, I like the characters. Uh, I like Boson. She's really nice. I really like her portrayal because she's like really airy and light and it's like you're supposed to be having fun. This is a fantasy. You're supposed to be having fun with this. Don't take it too seriously. But obviously the best character of the whole show is Kuwabara who's one of the greatest characters. Dude. (laughs) I've been waiting all week to talk about Kuwabara for an hour and a half. He's so cool. So here's the thing, Uramechi. I can fucking take any single one of you. The little midget he I can't do shit to me, all right? I've just been doing this my entire fucking week. It's like the easiest impression to do. And uh, Parker told me it's actually the same guy who does uh, Vegeta and... Uh, yeah, he does I don't know, Krillin or something. Also, so, if you want another yeah. reason to get a cat, I've been spending all week healing my cat like cool Kuwabara. <laughs> Let me tell you, he yeah. does a lot for the old dopamine hits. Oh, it turns out Kuwabara likes cats, too. So, Anyway, uh, I I really like that character in particular, not just because of the stupid voice, although that's a big part of it, but the personality. He's got a more defined character than anyone else in the show. Like, he's got his own code of honor. He, It almost feels, and I know this is not true, I'll get into this in a bit, but it almost feels like the way that it was written, it was like, we're just going to do this one thing, and we're going to see how it goes, see what people like, and we'll just sort of skew the show to what people like. Uh, and I, I say that specifically because in the first part, uh, the first part of the story where it introduces how Yusuke got to be the way that he is, Kuwabara is just some like local school bully who's not very good at doing that. And it turns out he's very good at detecting ghosts, which leads to one of the best lines in the entire series. It's like, <gasps> I can detect a ghost behind me. And his friends are like, is it like that crazy old woman with a hacksaw that you imagine last week? He's like, no, I think it's one of the lesser ghosts, like a dead raccoon or something. <laughs> <laughs> he might be onto something, because if I remember right, Hie was supposed to be a one-off character. And, uh, well, look at him. Of course, well, he got I, insanely popular very quickly. So well, I'll get to Hie in a second. But uh, anyway, I, I actually... Boy. I did do a little bit of research into this, and it turns out that this was actually supposed to be uh, a combat sort of anime or manga 
right from the get-go. Like, he manga. wasn't... Manga. Manga. That wasn't going to Anyway, so the guy who <laughs> was like... I get bullied enough. I'm not doing it. The guy who wrote the manga was... Uh, he was actually trying... He knew he had to break into, like, the uh, action combat fighting sort of genre. Like, I think he saw how Akira Toriyama was doing really well with Dragon Ball Z and others of the genre, which I don't really know. And he was like, okay, I gotta do that too. So he established uh, Yu Hakusho, and his his editors were like, don't you want to get to the fighting? Dark Tournament? You told us about the Dark Tournament? He's like, no, 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 I have to set the characters up so that way when you get to the, to the Dark Tournament you know this stuff matters. This was a really smart idea. And this is the same thing that happened I haven't seen every single episode, but from what I remember of the original Dragon Ball not Dragon Ball Z, but Dragon Ball anime like, it's very imaginative, it's about exploring and all this other stuff, and now I know who the characters are when they get to the tournament, and I'm invested, and I have my favorite ones, I have the ones I don't like so much, so I know who I want to win, so there are stakes involved. And it's, obviously Yu Hakusho isn't quite as good as Dragon Ball Z in that regard, but, like, now I care if a character dies, or if a character gets hurt, or something like that. There, there are stakes, and I, I give a shit now. And... Uh, well, I'll get to the Dark Tournament in a second, but I I really think that uh, Yu Yu Hakusho and pretty much every single anime I've ever seen is at its best when it's at its most creative and most imaginative, and at its most diverse, and if it can be, like, authentically Japanese, I really like that stuff, even if it means, like, being really cutesy and stuff with, like, the, I think it's called Chibi, when it's got, like, a big head and small body and stuff like that, for, like, the, uh, the commercial thing that they do, I'm like, oh, that's cute, that reminds me, this is Japanese. Because some of Funimation's uh, dubs didn't do that. Like Sailor Moon, where they called the characters like Serena and fucking, I don't know, like Beth or something, whatever the other names are in there. And they would like change the stuff so it's like, it's in America. I think they would like, I think they actually took like street signs in Japanese would write over it with English and stuff like that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. See, <laughs> see there's a there's that, but Yu Yu Hakusho has one of the best translations for a dub that I think I've ever seen. I really like how they Americanize it because they do such a good job of it. Uh, what they do is, uh, besides the fact that they have an English uh, theme song, which I really like, by the way, I think that's a good idea. I think more anime ought to do that. Uh, what they do is, it's still authentically a Japanese thing, but they put it in a way that an American audience can understand it a little bit more easily. And I think that's really, really hard to do. A good example is, I'm actually after the Dark Terrain now, so now they're doing like puzzle games. Oh, yeah, don't worry. Yeah. It starts yeah, pretty soon after yeah. that. Anyway, uh, yeah, but, like, at one point, they have to do, like, word games. It was, like, obviously Japanese and English have different words and stuff, so they just change things around. They keep the original Japanese characters, but they change it so, okay, you can't use words that begin with Z now. And they make you think about it, and it doesn't matter, like, you know the difference that's going on there. One of the things that really comes to mind here is I didn't really have uh, a second TV growing up, so it was just, like, uh, once Dad comes down, he's watching the news and or sports, so... Adult Swim wasn't really a thing in my house, but I knew other kids who were watching it at that time. So this came out between the times when I was, like, 11 and 16, I think. And I can see why this would be great for that, like, early teenager boy sort of audience. Uh, I'm not saying that as a 32-year-old I can't appreciate it, because there's a lot that I like about it, but there's also some stuff that doesn't work for me. Uh, he a I have no attachment to. I do not understand how this character <laughs> yeah. became popular. Why is he Why is he so well liked? Besides the fact that uh, a lot of short guys like anime. <laughs> well, Chris, uh, women will watch anime too, and that's an important demographic to secure. Are they what? So what? They like an, they like he a just because uh, he's a cute little guy. He's he's Look the designated cute little character. Of course on they there. do. I thought, that, but wouldn't they like Pooh, uh, the little penguin thing there? Who says they don't. 
They probably do. Yeah, I, I just want to say who. Every week, we're like, man, we should watch that again. I was walking my dog after work, and you were talking about it. I was like, oh, what episode are you on? You're like, oh, Yusuke's doing this uh, Knife Edge death match, And I just froze, like, I want to go upstairs and watch this. <laughs> yeah. I wonder we watch this whole tournament. <laughs> so, uh, I actually did watch the entire Dark Tournament. I was not prepared for how fucking long it is. Uh it's like Not really a criticism. <laughs> yeah, it's there's a whole lot of that in there. Um, I will say that, yeah, there are stakes. I actually care about the characters. Uh, one of my favorite is, I think his name is Taguro. He's a really, oh, yeah, really dude. big guy. My, my boy. <laughs> my fucking boy. <laughs> I need to get his sunglasses, man. <laughs> and a, He's a got an entire brother growing out of him like basket case. <laughs> like 11, 16-year-olds. Uh, so when this was airing on Toonami... I never finished DBZ, because by the time this was airing, they were still just scratching through the Boo Saga, and I just stopped watching it. Oh, yeah, I did the this. same thing. Like, yeah. To this day, like, OG DBZ, I've never watched the whole thing, just because there's no point. Yeah, me cool. neither. But this was my show. This As soon as this hit, and then when it started airing on Adult Swim, oh yeah, that was my shit. <laughs> that, was, so, that was a big time yeah. for... I wasn't doing anything else on Saturday night, let's be honest. Yeah, I was really, really bored with the Boo Saga, although I think I watched that... I don't remember when I watched the Boo Saga. Anyway, uh, yeah, Yu Yu Hakusho, I I, uh, I think it's all right. I don't think it's uh, spectacular. It's nowhere near the best anime I've ever seen. I don't think it's quite as good as Fist of the North Star. But it's probably more fun than Fist of the North Star. And fun is, yeah. you know, probably more important when it comes to anime. Like, I can, I can definitely see why this is a popular sort of thing in uh, Japan. So, I'm appreciative that I'm watching it, and even though it's a bit of a slog to get through, just for how long it is, I'm really trying to, fig- to like, you know, fish the entire series, just because I have a bad habit of starting a TV show and being like, that's enough, and just, like, not watching it. Like, I watched the first season of Stranger Things, I thought that was really neat, and then I watched nothing else, because I was like, I, I'm done, you're I fine. actually don't care yeah, about you're the rest good. of it. Yeah. You're fine, yeah. you're perfectly yeah, I, fine. I did, I did the same thing with fucking uh, True Detective, and boy, smartest decision I've ever made. Yeah, I was going to say, awesome, you're good again. <laughs> I mean, I will say, I've never finished the last arc of Yu Yu Hakusho, because I've heard nothing but... He was really oh, tired yeah. of writing it. He was yeah. really tired of that weekly schedule, so it's a real, I mean, real sudden, I, like, and we're done. I mean, to be fair, he should have been tired. I was looking up uh, what it was taken for him. The man was sleeping five hours a night and dedicating four hours per page. I can't imagine that, man. That's uh, really, big really Big shout out to him. him in real life being married to the creator of Sailor Moon. The truest power couple. That's Are you existed. serious? Oh, that's fucking awesome. It. Love to think about it. Love cool. to pretend I was him. Oh my god, that's the ultimate power... You write an anime about that! I would, I'd watch it. Jeez. Anyway, uh... But uh, the point you made about, like, enjoying the side characters and them being built up... Hey, how about every side character in DBZ after the Cell Saga? (laughs) Just absolute useless nobodies who exist only to die and get wished back later. Weird how that works, how when your side characters don't matter, you have less interest when it becomes the Goku show. See, that's the thing is Yu Yu Hakusho, I think, is a lot more similar to Dragon Ball rather than Dragon Ball Z because it starts off being very imaginative. Like, look, we got this boy who drops out, he rides a cloud, he's got a monkey tail, he's searching for a Dragon Ball. It's like we're doing all this creative stuff. You know, like, here's what we can do. Same thing goes with Yu Yu Hakusho. You have this baby who's in charge of the underworld, and he can grow up to be, like, an adult, but he still has his pacifier in there. I I like how Botan is a, a... a grim reaper, but she's like she's having a good time with it. You know, it's kind of kind of like the Sandman from uh, Neil Gaiman. See, 
<laughs> okay. Yeah. Right? Look, he's going to know, 12 year old Parker's house and go, hey, man, uh, there's a new show for you. Yeah, this is a dude gets hit by a car and becomes a ghost detective. You oh, already yeah. know that's a guaranteed lifelong commitment. You know what it is. So maybe my biggest problem with the show is there's not enough detective work and maybe too much Correct. fighting. Because, like, I kind of want to... I'm not saying I need it with, like, a magnifying glass to the ground and be like, where's the ghost tracks around? But, like, I kind of want to see a little bit of searching for, like, you know, spirits and stuff like that. I think that'd be a little bit more interesting. But, like, the fighting's pretty good. And, like, there's a lot of, like, learning how things happen and sometimes they make meaningful scenes. There's a reason that Toguro is the way that he is. And... That's good. That's a lot more thought than a lot of people put into anime. So I think that's it's got that going for it. Just think about those Saturday nights where it'd be Cowboy Bebop and Yu Yu Hakusho. Oh man, no, those were, that was just, a good hour. I'm yeah. just I'm hearing Chris talking about building up all the side characters for the big tournament, and I can't help but wonder if he's seen G Gundam or not. I have not seen G Gundam. It, I go through my coming. head once a week, like yeah, because it would just hurt my heart so much if he hated it. It would truly, truly hurt me. I mean, I'm not I'm not big into a lot of anime, but I I am very 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 willing to give it a try. I you're, wish, but you're very into stupid things, which is important. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, I, I do sincerely and not insultingly. I, I do yeah. have a list of my favorite animes that I've seen. In fact, I can pull it up now. Uh, I only include oh, ones where I've seen all of them. Okay. Let's see. Um, the horse has a gun. Number one, Cromarty High School. Number two, Cowboy Bebop. Number three, Paranoid Agent. Number four, Death Note. Number five, Outlaw Star. Number six, oh, The Ghost yeah. Stories dub. Uh, number six, Star in the top five. Outlaw Star fucking sucks. <laughs> I fucking like Outlaw Star, man. That's good. Number also, seven, if you see seven anime. It. it has to yeah. be out there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I feel like Outlaw Stars th- might be a priority then. <laughs> yeah. Number seven, Gunbuster. Number eight, Fist of the North Star. Nine, Dio Yoko from what I've seen and. Nine? Oh, all right. I don't really know if I have a tenth here. Have you only seen eleven anime? Does Neo Yokio count as an anime? I would say no. Personally. No, I mean there there are some there that I've seen all of them, but they're not good enough to count. Like um, Neon Genesis Evangelion doesn't fucking count. That fucking sucks. Uh, I saw all of Asamanga Dio. It's not good enough. Um, I mean, have you heard I'm Sakamoto? Also, so okay. I've also seen that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well. Uh, yeah. Well, one of us will make a wish tonight. Don't worry about it. Free out your schedule. Outlaw Star is it's coming. Good. <laughs> it's coming. Uh, we can do an episode of G Gundam. Yeah. That's forty-nine episodes. Don't ask why. Forty-nine episodes. It better it not be. Not forty-nine episodes. Better be like twelve. Something. I think it's twenty-six, dude. What? We're right. We're, we're talking about this too much. Alex, what did you watch? Oh, no, I'm looking up how many episodes G Gundam was. Um. One season. There's no way it's... Oh, all right. 49 episodes. Hmm, I interesting. I doubt that you no can't see it. Way. Yeah. Well, the first half Does anyone know less about anime than else? Look, we can just show me a YouTube video and then cut straight to the second half when things really start popping off. No, I, I, I needed to watch at least like, the four episodes of the Chibity Crockett. <laughs> oh, absolutely. The first, like, 15 episodes are, Oh, you're this brought country's up gun the pilot. Yeah. Yeah, those are the, that's like the best part of the series. That's so good. <laughs> it gets so fucking stupid. <laughs> I feel uh, like man. if you just show get up to Master Asia, and if you don't vibe with Master Asia, this is not the show for you. <laughs> if you don't appreciate everything he brings to the table, then uh, yeah, you can bail. The undefeated of the East. <laughs> he has had a Gundam for his horse. <laughs> He's so cool. <laughs> All right, Japan's um, great. Right, uh, just right. a little aside there, that that anime list is mixed in with every single TV show I've ever watched. Uh, 
It's only like 30 deep. I really don't watch a lot of TV. <laughs> Same. And now I'm trying to catch up for like... Because that's the fun part of not watching anime since like Adult Swim in high school is, boy, I just have a bounty of things to catch up on. There's so much. Which is exciting, yeah. but also daunting because... It's also all bad. It's like, oh, I yeah, will say I have to watch My Hero Academia. Oh, it's still going. Well, okay. Yeah, see, that's the thing is, like, I, I can never really get into, uh, what's it called, the, the pirate thing? You're never going to uh, watch One Piece. One, one Piece, you, right. You, you yeah, should have started a decade it. ago. One of my yeah, friends well, asked me to bad. get into I it. I didn't even and know I just, that happened. No, the thing is, like, wait, even if I had started a decade ago, I don't know that it'd be continuing now, because, like, the more that Yu Yu Hakusho goes on, they've just introduced some new characters, and I'm getting to the point where I'm like, I don't care. You know, like, it's, it's a little too much, and I'm not really yeah, care. I'm like... I know the ones that I know, and I barely know, like, the guy with the red hair. I don't even know his name, the guy with the rose. Oh, red hair. looks like a chick. He's the one that did it. <laughs> yeah, no. he did it that one time. No. Yeah, anyway. Uh, one more thing before I go on is, like, on that top TV list, uh, What We Do in the Shadows is 14, with only one season under its belt, so that could push it to the it. top three sometimes. That's right, you do have two more. Oh, man. <laughs> Very oh, excited so for you. to yeah. finally watch Attack on Titan yeah. now that it's ending. Because I'll be goddamn if I get tricked into watching like 150 episodes of these shows. Ugh. I thought, I thought that ended like Me same. Ago, <laughs> yeah, I did too. Yeah, I thought it ended a decade ago, man. All right. Yeah, I will not watch an anime unless it's already over. I do not have the time. Yeah, that's fair. I totally get that because I yeah. would not want to be one of those guys that's like on Reddit, like. Oh, you know when the new season of the anime? Is yeah, I out? like no, that's the thing. I, it's like I don't want to be like this week's die. episode. I don't want to be at this week's yeah. episode, guy. Yeah. Almost anything. I didn't know Boruto was a real show. I thought it was like a joke for Naruto. Yeah, me too. Dude, thank you. Thank you. Oh my god. I've been saying that for a while now. I was like, was Boruto like, it's Borlax, not Snorlax? The fuck out of here. You can't pull Temple. Come on. Excuse me. Without that guy, you'd be fucking done. Henry Zhao's textbook. What'd you watch, Alex? How are they at a forest now? No, dick. The left one's Pikachu. All right. I'm what did you watch? <laughs> okay. Um, so just a couple things here. I'm uh, I'm not gonna belabor my my two or three things the way that Chris did. Don't worry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that like I did not plan on this taking 33 minutes. <laughs> I have been waiting all week to talk about Yu Yu Hakusho. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so the other night I'm at work. Uh. I get a text from, from my wife. It was just like, uh, it literally all the text said was like, uh, hey, don't ask me about this. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then I see a little Venmo thing come up with, uh, with you know, like, like 20 some dollars in it. And I'm just like, what the fuck is this? So, like, naturally, if she didn't say anything, like, I wouldn't have thought about it. But, like, turns out what happened was she went on my Amazon Prime account while she was high <laughs> and decided to buy the first season of Glee. <laughs> Because uh, she couldn't find it anywhere, <laughs> which uh, I wouldn't have found out had uh, had I not been given this context. But also after I found out, it was just like sort of on during the week while I was here. Not that like I was around it that much, but also like I didn't realize there was an episode of that show where one of the students in the Glee Club wanted to fuck the teacher, and the teacher was like, "No, I'm too much of an adult," which is like the least realistic thing I've ever seen in a TV show. Like, get the fuck out of here! What are we doing? <laughs> There's absolutely zero chance. Like, of all teachers, the leader of the Glee Club wouldn't fuck one of his students? Come on. It's like, motherfucker, I went to high school. I know. what I I get it. Like, but anyway. Like, the chemistry teacher, maybe. (laughs) The the chemistry teacher has probably, like, burned off his own genitalia. Like, it's, you know, it happens to the best. It's an Um, experiment. Take notes. 
I peed in it. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, that's really all I had to say about that. I mostly just wanted to make fun of her for buying Glee on a on my Amazon Prime account, so it's just stuck with me forever. Yep, we um, zinged her. Yeah. Zing of the day. Got her. All right. So uh, I watched a movie that Parker assigned me called No oh. Escape. Um, Parker, have you seen this one? Absolutely not. I was very I confused figured. when you were describing it. <laughs> so uh, here's how I knew that Parker hadn't seen this movie. So this movie stars Ray Liotta as a guy in the future who did like some military crime and gets sent to a convict island. Where, uh, <laughs> where there are two gangs of convicts, one led by Lance Henriksen, and uh, Ernie Hudson's there, and Benny from The Mummy is like the quartermaster, and uh, I, well, we'll talk about some of the other guys in a little bit. But, uh, you know, it's it's a movie where it opens with Ray Liotta's character getting shipped off to the prison island in the future. So you get the scene where it's like briefly recounting his crimes and what he did in life. And this movie takes place in like 2050 allegedly the movie came out in 1994 for context so the first thing you hear like you see like the the montage of like you know vietnam war shots of like people going ah that are on fire and you hear the voiceover go benghazi libya 2011 (laughs) (laughs) i I rewound it three times to make sure i was hearing it correctly (laughs) Uh, surely surely Ray Liotta did not kill Office Jim and Dr. Ben that is not what you're telling me right now but uh it turns out that's that's why he was there um so the thing is like this is one of those movies that like has the DNA of an episode in that like there's a lot of people in it it's really stupid like there's all sorts of goofy costumes and fight scenes but it's like 20% too real of a movie for us to talk about. Like, any one of us that watched it, like, he'd do like a solid 90 seconds on this. But like, ultimately, what am I gonna, like, like what am I gonna say? Like, it's, yeah, there's, there's two prison gangs, and Ray Liotta is with the good guys, with Lance Henriksen and Ernie Hudson, and Benny from The Mummy. And then they fight the bad guys a couple times, and then they're like, we have to expose the war crimes. And then it ends. Like, it's, it's pretty good. It is just too real of a movie to do on this show, which is a shame when you start off with a, you know, (laughs) fucking, (laughs) you start off with this Benghazi reveal, and then, like, there's, like, little tidbits, you know, because it's, it's, it's a stupid fucking premise, like, they're scavenging on the beach, Benny from the Mummy's, like, pulling in, like, trash on this island that they, like, repurpose for all their stuff, and he just has, like, a midget henchman who's only in that scene and never comes back again even in the big battle scenes where it's like 500 on 500 there's not like one little guy running around he's just there because it's like man you know what our prison colony should have a midget in it and they do it and it's like all right i see you movie i'm good with this uh <laughs> thank you for the recommendation absolutely i would have bet my entire life that this is not a real movie or even Dude, close to one. Oh, yeah. Not, I mean... not just is it a real movie. It's like, this is the guy that directed, like, Goldeneye and Casino Royale. And oh, The Mask of Zorro. Like, oh, he's done that directed a lot real of real-ass movies. Yeah. <laughs> I must have over... I saw Benny, and then I saw the rest of the cast, and that's how that and guy you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's not been the right instinct. <laughs> Won't apologize. No, yeah. absolutely. You absolutely should not apologize. But, uh... Yeah, that was a film. Fucking... 
incredible bad guy performance from Stuart Wilson, who just, like, is doing a Dennis Hopper impression the whole time. So it's just, like, this completely unhinged convict guy on an island who has, like, eight nose studs. It fucking owns. Uh, yeah, if, uh, if this ever comes across, like, your Netflix queue or something, you can do worse. Uh, one other movie I want to talk about. Um... So, as I'm sure all of you know, the uh, the highest grossing movie of 2021 was Spider-Man No Way Home. Do you guys know what the second highest grossing movie of uh, 2021 was internationally? Internationally? Oh, that's the tricky part. Hold up. Okay. There's no way it was Dune. I don't, I don't think, think he'd be talking top about ten domestic. It. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that's why I said that. <laughs> what is it, Alex? So, uh, it is a, uh, three-hour Chinese war movie that they spent $200 million on called Wait. The Battle at Lake Changjin. I think I heard about this one. I think I talked to you about this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, we like, we finally got a, uh, a torrent leak. And, uh, Chris, let me just say before I begin, if there's ever for some reason a week that Parker can't record and you and I have to do the show, <laughs> this is oh, what no. we're doing. Because <laughs> you and I would have the best time talking about this, and Parker would feel mad about his three hours that were wasted. <laughs> okay. Because, like... Probably not wrong. <laughs> there's parts of this that are really good, and there are parts of this that are, like, the schlockiest, dumbest movie I've ever seen. And it's just, like, all thrown together into this thing that, like... The only way you can really accurately describe this movie is it's like if somebody made a war movie whose only experience with war was watching American war movies. But Wait, like sounds good. <laughs> they had to change the actors around because the Americans are the bad guys in this. And like <laughs> So like just setting aside like the 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 big problems with this movie are like the CGI, which you can tell is like their top of the line CGI. Like you can tell they spent a lot of money on it. Looks like a PS3 game, which what can you do? Like it, it's it's cool. Like it's not it's not debilitating to the movie. You're not just like oh man, this everything looks great except the CGI. Like it's kind of it kind of works with it. And uh, also all of the American actors, all of their voices are done completely in voiceover. So it's just like white people like grimly nodding at each other while like a voiceover <laughs> plays, which is really funny. Hell because yeah. it's like I'm gonna I'm just gonna quote like my one Chinese friend on this who watched this with us. because uh, he's like you know, the, the thing that I learned from because like he like works back and forth between China and America and stuff. It's like the thing that I've learned about like the way the Chinese speak English is like everything sounds like it's from a textbook in a way that like Japanese doesn't. Like Japanese was like like the Japanese interpretation of English is like clearly like influenced by, you know, like soldiers that were there and stuff and like the way that like like American slang and stuff, whereas like the Chinese interpretation of English is like just so prim and proper and like literally sounds like somebody reading out of a high school textbook. Which is funny because building on top of that is like the fact the one thing that this movie is really missing for the Americans is like the one Italian guy from Brooklyn that just talks like that and like the one Texan and stuff. It's just like all of these guys that are visually different like the Americans in this kind of movie would be, but they all sound identical to each other. Which like I I'm like watching this is like damn this must be how the Germans feel when they watch our movies like because th there's like <laughs> like there's no fucking way I mean you've talked you've like been around a person speaking German before they're not screaming at each other with every line they say it's kind of like that 
but like this movie it's got like this one side that's like you know these battle scenes are really intense and it's all about the camaraderie of the soldiers and all this stuff like all of the dna of like our really good war movies is there but like slightly different culturally which is cool because you know like you watch like an american war movie and like there are like these face breaking moments where the officers come and like hang out with the soldiers and stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. like it, it's like this thing where it's like they have to be like this, you know, regimented leader all the time, and then occasionally they'll break and hang with the guys. And they're like, "Hey, I can smoke a cigarette with the rest." Yeah, of the guys. that's worth. Whereas this is like the opposite, where like the officers are just some of the guys, and then their bosses come and they have to like line up all prim and proper like everybody else, and like it, the cultural differences in it are cool. But then also you have shit like Mao's son going to them, going with to them to the front with them, and uh, dying in a heroic act of sacrifice to save a map. Like it's like <laughs> you guys are so close, you're so <laughs> close to this being cool. And then like there's this third side of it where like you know all of the scenes of like the people together are like these gritty you know realistic american war movie scenes where like the, it's the soldiers hanging out and they're in the trenches together and then like the fighting starts and you have a shot where like two tanks are next to each other and the crews are scrambling to shoot at each other and then the the american shell glances off the chinese shell so the american tank blows up and the chinese tank is fine and it's like this big dumb anime moment and like all the blood looks like fucking mortal combat like shooting out of people's heads when they get stabbed and stuff and it's just like this whole like you're experiencing this whole, like, different movie-making culture, but just paste it onto, like, this generic American war film. And it's just so fucking wild to sit through. Because, like, there are times when it's just the most patriotic, dumb schlock you could possibly imagine. And there's times where it's like, oh, man, there's something there. Like, there's some talent here. Like, there's... If this were two different movies, one would be amazing and the other one would suck. But it's just both mashed together in a way you don't see. And I was endlessly entertained by this three-hour movie. Because it's like this window into this completely different world of movie making that, like, you know, we don't really know that much about. Because, it's, you know, it's kind of, like, developing on its own. But also then, like, you have the big scene at the end. Like, they win a big battle... And there's, like, a two-minute outro where it's, like, and now let's go on to the next battle. And then you see, like, a bunch of, like, frozen Chinese soldiers. And the Americans are, like, damn, they fought really hard. We're really impressed with their fighting strength as they retreat. And then the credits roll. And then there's a mid-credits scene in the war movie. Oh, good. <laughs> Dude, I don't fucking know. It's just I mean, you stuck around for things. it. I, I'm For some reason, I'm reminded, and I bet they're really not that similar, but I'm reminded of when I saw Battleship Island at a Regal with my sister. And uh -huh. it was like an interesting sort of look into like, oh, this is the Korean side of patriotism. This is what the idea means to them, you know? And it's still that's still a really good movie. I happen to like that one quite a bit. And I wonder if maybe that's the idea of uh, Chinese patriotism. And I can see it in whatever the hell movie this is. It's, and, like, you can see some of that. Because, like, there's a lot of scenes in this movie where, like, the troops are marching along or whatever. And then it's like, oh, fuck, the American planes are here. They're gonna bomb us. And then 10% of the cast dies. Like, and it happens, like, six times. Like, if you want a movie that's gonna convince you in the effectiveness of American air power, it's this Chinese movie. Because, oh my god, like... They make it seem like we're these Terminators that can just 
effortlessly drop bombs in the 50s on anyone we want. And it's just really interesting because, like, you know, it's... You watch any war movie and they try to make it so it's like a struggle of like the have-nots against the haves where it's like you really want to root for the the good guys in the movie and the way they do that in this is like one of the battles takes place right before christmas and you see all the americans eating like a big turkey dinner feast in their camp and then the chinese are listening over the radio to them and they hear jingle bells playing and one of the guys goes it's Jingle Bells. It's an American song. They thought they were going to be home for the holidays, but we'll show them how hard we fight. And it's just, like, <laughs> it's so fucking jarring, like, to see this in this way. Like, it's it's so anthropologically interesting, but also there's, like, so many weird, dumb movie-making things in it that, like, I, I watched this almost a week ago, and, like, I'm still thinking about it constantly. Like, well, I don't might think be in my future. Like, I think you will eventually watch this. Mm-hmm. It's not on, like, a lot of torrent sites right now, and the only version has, like, hard-coded subs in it, which, like, you kind of need. Yeah. Know? It's not like having subtitles and this is a big deal. But, yeah. uh... Fascinating is the way I'd describe it. And, like, not in, like, a... Oh, wow, you know, like, the other culture made their version of this movie. It's not just that. It's, like... I've seen a lot of Chinese movies, so I see, like, you know, the aspects of Chinese movies in them, and, like, the way that, like, the camera whips around really fast and always gives me a headache, and the way that, like, they shoot, like, violent scenes is just different than the way we do it, and it's just so fucking cool to see that on this template of a movie that I've seen a hundred times before. Like, this is not fundamentally different than, like, We Were Soldiers or Wind Talkers or any one of the fucking hundred movies you've seen exactly like this in your life. But it's like different. Warhorse? Exactly like Warhorse. But uh, I don't think there's any uh, uh, Oscar-winning horses in this one. So, Spielberg so when does Rasputin show up? You haven't fucking said it yet. <laughs> is that the mid-credit stinger? <laughs> Dude, it's the mid-credit thing is like actually a sequel tease to a movie about the Korean War, which is hilarious. Oh, no. Also, there's a lot of politics going on there. Also, oh uh, uh, you know, Chairman Matt was in this movie. And the guy that plays him is a dead ringer for John Lithgow. And oh it's God. really funny. All right, you've talked me into Come it. Come on. <laughs> it's, really, it's working. Yeah. It's working. Really Our funny. first three-hour one. It's... I'm sure everything I said like is going to wash off everybody listening right now. Because like, I'm not recommending this to anyone in particular. But uh, what a cool experience. By the time we were done, we had like 16 people watching it with us. And... Uh, Gotta say, you know, makes you feel a bit of the old patriotism. It's like, oh, this is how they see us? All right, fuck you guys. Let's go. Let's fucking throw down right now. We got this. We'll get to that later. <laughs> What'd you watch? Well, glad So you let's asked. talk about Invasion USA. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I will say, uh, I woke up first today, and I got about 20 minutes into Dungeons and Dragons and she walked out and went hey what are you watching and I said nothing and shut it off and I'll finish it this week <laughs> I respect that <laughs> like I'm not fucking doing this today I'm on a date oh no so uh hey I look so far uh not great not great dude <laughs> no kidding so, hey maybe it'll get better in the second half but uh oh yeah mm, it's really good in the second half <laughs> cause originally I wrote like well this CGI dragon I mean, it doesn't look great, obviously, but it doesn't look as bad as I expected. 
Then does, I she that know, five does she know? Does she know that you're doing a podcast that assigns you movies? Because that's a good explanation. Be like, uh, the guys made me. <laughs> I mean, it was more like, hey, do you want to sit down and watch an hour of Damon Wayans fight fucking Jeremy Irons? <laughs> no, fucking me neither. What a Dude, what? Wait, do you have a problem with Damon Wayans? I mean, that kind of sounds like you have some uh, sort of problem here. With um, him. I don't know what's going on. He's done a lot. Uh, scary yeah. movies, great, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just think it's kind uh, of other weird movies that are about good that I've seen. Right, kill this one. Wait, a lot of good ones. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I bless you. Thank you. Only twenty more. <laughs> so the nut job too, colon <laughs> nutty by nature. <laughs> Alex. Oh, she watched this with you, though. Oh, I watched this on my own. So here's oh, the yeah, thing about sure, Chinese no, films. Like, no, no, babe, you can't. We're, we're not watching Dungeons and Dragons together, all right? Go back to your room. Wait, 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 wait. Babe, babe, come in here. Come on, nutty by nature. Let's go. Get in here. Two Chinese production company logos at the beginning. <laughs> Let you know you're in for some quality cinema. Now... Chris, you specifically in the group are a connoisseur of, let's call them, baby movies. I mean, we both watch a lot of cartoons, it's fair to admit. Yeah. Is there any genre worse than teaming up with the animals to save the environment? I wouldn't know. I've seen oh. all of them. Uh, oh my god, I watched that fucking Brendan Fraser movie about this. Yeah, it's the right, fucking yeah. worst. It's the, this Dr. is like Dr. Doolittle, uh, insert whatever sequel number it was. It's always the worst. Once Upon it a Forest, uh, Fern ass. Gully, Fern Gully 2. Don't try and cram a fucking message in my stupid kid's face. <laughs> and that's what this whole movie is. A big bad businessman wants to tear down the forest they live in and build a theme park. Here's 80 minutes of Wait, this is the Yogi Bear this. movie too. <laughs> yeah. That's not bad. Well, uh, there's ten minutes of credits at the end, which, boy, imagine my surprise. I was like, I thought I had a lot left, and I paused it and saw the ten minutes that were left and just kept fast-forwarding, like, surely there there's nothing back here. Yeah. No, I checked. I checked. I do my due diligence. <laughs> they're, uh, they're waiting for Josh to send them a name for uh, the No Job 3. Uh, Yuri texted it to me. It's uh, nutty and nice. Oh. Chills up my spine. Oh, like a very Harold and Kumar Christmas, of course. The third part of a trilogy that's just a Christmas movie. Why not? So, like, I know what you're asking. What new animals do they meet? I'd love to tell you. So, Jackie Chan plays a cute karate mouse. Is that fun? Yeah. yeah. For us. Now, when you think of Jackie Chan, do you think of, like, his insane athletics and stunts? No. I or do you prefer that, just hearing his that. voice? <laughs> You know how well he speaks English, so... <laughs> Boy, when you hear him just stutter out a weapon of mouse destruction, you can Ooh. really feel oh. your body Ooh. age in real time. Oh. Oh, man. No. And then See, he this punches way... <laughs> one of the squirrels, Chris. No, I'm telling you this, that he punches one of the squirrels with his powerful one-sixteenth of an inch punch. Oh. You get it? You get it? Oh, my God. You no, guys can you tell it again? No. <laughs> Absolutely oh not. Shit, dude. I'm so uh, sorry. Yeah, dude. Dude, that fucking. Oh. It was fucking brutal, you guys. But don't worry, they they saved the park. So it's oh, all that's good. good. Well, I'm glad that has a happy ending. Yeah, they saved the park. Yeah, it's good you stuff. know, Parker. Oh God. When you talk about like the weapon of mouse destruction, it reminds yeah, me of I like do. his 
It reminds me of his working experience on the Rush Hour movies. And he was like, yeah, people like those movies, but Americans like those movies. I don't really know what I'm saying in those movies. I don't get the joke. A lot of people will be laughing, and I don't know why they're laughing, because there is a translation difference between American humor and Chinese, and Chinese humor. So I'm wondering if he understood a weapon of mouse. Transcends all language barriers, as it turns oh, okay. out. Uh, just, some things are funny in every language. Like farting or having Mao's son die to protect a map. <laughs> I'm excited for uh, the Nut Job 3 game where they fight against Nord Stream 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, just like. It's not even so bad. You usually want to get assigned baby movies because they're meant to be digested by three year olds, so it just washes through you and it's particularly inoffensive. But hearing that, really. Really put a damper. I was watching that on a day off, and then after the movie ended, I got called in. So like, that was a real, was a real bad day. For I'm this sorry. Guy. I'm sorry. That's not real nice bad. Day. Real I'm bad sorry. day. It's pretty. Funny, I'm sorry. I was like sitting in the I kitchen, fucking doing dishes. Like, oh thank God, that's over. Oh weird, we're getting a lot of texts. Oh jeez. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, man. I don't mean to laugh. See, the yeah, thing with my my perspective, whenever I watch a bad baby movie, which is like every day. Like, my thought is always, if I were to have a kid, what if they were subjected to this? I always feel really bad. Because, like, I remember all the bad, like, kids' movies that I watched growing up. And I always remember them with distaste. But I also know that I had a lot of peers who watched those really crappy kids' movies. And that's all they talk about. They think it's like, yeah, it was really formative to my beliefs. I loved watching fucking Fern Gully. You know? And now they're emotionally stunted. Not like me, though. I'm good. Yeah. Fern Gully fucking blows. I've never seen it. Like, little oh. kids will fixate on a movie, right? Like, there's parents will tell you they've seen Frozen a hundred thousand times, Moana a hundred thousand times. If they fixate on the movie, it's all you're going to hear. And that means they're going to do the Jackie Chan voice. And that's a conversation you don't want to have with your three-year-old of why it's not okay to talk like that at school. <laughs> at your schoolmates. You can't... How do you explain that to them? You're like, oh no, the rabbit just sounds funny. What does that mean? Um, <laughs> so... Uh, different cultures that's not no one wants to have that talk what year did this yeah. come out 2017 or something something like that more recent than you would think yeah so this came out like, during the trump administration and they're just like yeah we'll just have jackie chan do the funny oh chinese man God. voice if there, there was, was an like, orange mouse i would die i would not be here this would be a he has like the, he has the like the wig and everything I mean, oh my God. but now we're just fucking describing what was that dog movie the queen's corgi well i know this was seen that one yeah Oh, yeah, I have. I know this is a pre-Trump <laughs> movie because the rich guy like tearing up the environment, building the thing, is the mayor. That's a quick right, two days yeah. re-record your lines. So yeah. I, this is definitely pre-Trump because not a chance <laughs> that it doesn't get the changed. President of this. Country. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, no. Do the voice. Do the voice. No, yeah, come on. You can do it. Anyone can do it. Clearly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, bad times. Thanks, guys. Love it so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've completed both nut job films. Have several actual good movies so on far. my assignments to watch, but uh, you know no. why watch that? <laughs> you can save the park. <laughs> just go to a different fucking park. Hey, There's trees hey, everywhere. It's fucking new. just Fine. play defense. Eighty minutes is pretty reasonable, honestly. <laughs> like just flip if the coin had flipped their way, then there'd still be an amusement park, and that's whatever. Like life's just random like that. Correct. And they cheated. And it's fine. Like injuries. Tonight, Harvey Dent fucks men. <laughs> <laughs> Your only contribution to that debate. 
That's all it deserves. <laughs> Sorry you couldn't hold off for 13 seconds, dickhead. How does it feel? How does it fucking feel? <laughs> wow. So, this week I also watched Old, and I have a lot to say about it, but I'm going to save it because I just know... Chris, it's coming your way, because I want to talk to you about it for an hour. But if I made it an episode, Alex would get sick until we were done recording it, and then he would magically be healed. So So, just know that's coming your way, come hell or high water, and then we will discuss it at length, because I see what he's going for. Just say when. um, I'll do it. It's fine. Okay. Well, 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 (laughs) look at the old schedule. We we can't can't do it next week. We're busy next week. Wait a second. Hold up a second. Parker, isn't old based on like a French comic? Sort Just of. like Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. Oh, thanks, you, you little pervert. Me. Thanks for reminding <laughs> me that you did that. Oh, oh, I mean, uh, remember the good stuff I saw. You Samurai Jack. Imagine if, uh, if Aquaman had to go to all thousand planets. Nope. <laughs> Find out later Can't imagine. this year. I think it's not oh, accurate. God, that is. Oh Jesus. Yeah. Well, you'll see you there, buddy. Probably right around Christmas. All right. So, uh, you watch anything else? I have one more thing to talk about. Alex. Oh, no. I need you to watch Cyber Ninja. Okay. Dude, I (laughs) told you. (laughs) The greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) So, this this movie was directed by a guy who spent many, many years working in Japan on things... Like Common Rider, Sentai, like all of these shows that are, hey, uh, take this latex and make a cool-looking monster for someone to fight. So that's who's directing this movie and coming up with all the characters. And there are several different robot monsters to fight. This takes place in feudal Japan, but there's an evil robot army. Don't worry <laughs> about it. So, like, you might ask yourself, well, how does that work? Like, it's feudal Japan. They don't have electricity. But the army has spaceships and cyber ninjas. How is that even a fight? And the answer to that is shut up, nerd. That does not matter. Because there's a fight in the beginning. And then one of the heroes gets kidnapped. And then the evil guys turn him into the cyber ninja and wipe his memory. But he's starting to get it back, so he wants his body back. So he has to go fight the other robots. But the evil robots want to kidnap the queen. And don't worry about it. It's 70 minutes of (laughs) robot ninjas fighting each other. (laughs) I was able to find a pretty good version. There's a version free on archive.org that doesn't have subtitles. Don't think it matters. Yeah, it really it, does not you matter can more or less figure out what's going on. Yeah, I was in when uh, the giant feudal castles uh, spawned giant uh, ATST walker legs and started walking towards them and firing missiles. It is oh. incredibly good. <laughs> dude. I'm really glad that archive.org took the time to preserve this for history. <laughs> Thank fucking up because it was on youtube at one point and when i finally sat down to watch it because like it got dubbed once when it got released in like the 80s but that's just long since yeah, gone there's no so way. When i finally sat down to watch it like fuck it i'm gonna have to actually watch it it was been wiped already because it was produced by namco because it's a uh, it's technically a movie adaptation of one of their early video games and boy they have nothing better to do than to right, take down yeah. youtube copies of cyber ninja a movie i gotta I tell you man you so- can buy some of the like the movie adaptations of anime or video games or stuff like or I guess just video games 
really interesting stuff there is like stuff that's like almost wholly unconnected from the video game like not even like the American stuff like obviously Double Dragon Super Mario Brothers have nothing to do with the with the video games of the same name but like even when Japan is making a movie adaptation of a video game it's like the most unrelated shit like the the fucking Tekken movie the fucking uh, Street Fighter movie the fucking uh, they made a Sonic the Hedgehog movie that had nothing to do with the original series uh, I, I think there were a couple more um, out there I, I, they made a fucking Final Fantasy movie that was just called Final Fantasy yeah it was a prequel to Final Fantasy 5 oh, of all fucking things yeah you know the one everyone played yeah. So like, so t- they just do shit like that. So Cyber Ninja, a video game no one's ever heard of, but a movie everyone should know. It's oh, it's required viewing for everyone. I uh, need that guy, VHS. On top of like creating a shitload of characters, he directed two episodes of uh, Zero Ranger, which is the Power Rangers episode that the original Mighty Morphin was based on. So just imagine that era of what those monsters looked like, and just imagine a seventy minute episode of that, but with a lot of robot ninjas. It is so fucking good. You you put that on a stream, everyone's popping off. I promise you. It's so good. Easily, well, it was the best thing I watched this week. It's a tie right now. It's a real uh, 1A, 1B with Invasion USA. (laughs) It's so good. Company to be in. Absolutely. All right. Let's talk about Invasion USA. (laughs) Okay, so we just watched a Chuck Norris movie, but this one's even better. Uh, This one is Chuck Norris versus the Communists. So, not exactly an even fight by any stretch of the imagination. Not uh, fair. Yeah, but still a lot of fun. Now, this also has an actor named Richard Lynch. Now, Richard Lynch has been in a whole lot of movies and uh, TV shows and and just about everything. He's usually known for playing villains because, look at him. And in this movie, he kind of looks like if Clint Eastwood was a woman, I guess. It's the best way for me to describe <laughs> his facial appearance. And uh, it turns out he's also a captain. He very much looks like the uh, the skipper from Gilligan's Island. TV show I never really watched. It's not on my top 30. And uh, there, he's going to rescue, I guess it's like uh, a refugee boat from, was it like Cuba or something like that? I didn't turn on the subtitles until like later I was like, oh, they're just going to do that the entire movie. Because I thought it was just like, oh, they're speaking Spanish. It's just like they, I want to come to America so bad. Oh yeah, I hate communism and Castro. And then Richard Lynch says, "Welcome to Estados Unidos or or something." And uh, they're and all the kids start like screaming and yelling and jumping and cheering. And you see a, like a little cameo of Elian Gonzalez. And then in perhaps the cruelest opening scene I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> They murdered everyone on the boat. <laughs> they just murdered a bunch of refugees for no reason. The it's not just refugees. Like, most of them are kids. What the fuck? <laughs> you watch this unfold and you're like, there's no possible way. There is no way. And then it shows a guy just like on a turret. And you're like, yeah, but... I mean, it might be a canon movie, but... Yeah. No movie and is then, that like, much of a king. Exactly. When, when Richard Lynch says, hey, welcome to the United States of El America, like, he reaches out his hand to shake that one guy's hand and pull him aboard, and then he pulls out the gun. You could have just, like, he blew up the butt. He literally gives him the surprise cockbags. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like in the uh, the 1990 version of uh, Captain America, where it's that surprise Heil Hitler sort of thing. Just kills everyone on the boat, which, by the way, again, like, six adults and 30 children. 
And I guess he was doing it also he could get to the cocaine. Yeah, it was to steal cocaine from the refugees. You know, yeah. the thing that sustains refugee children's lives. Yeah, he's not putting it in the origami like in another movie. So. It was very much in the same vein as uh, showing us during Rocky's training montage in Rocky Four, just Drago shooting himself up with steroids. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't worry, they were bad kids. It's cool. Yeah, so blah, 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 the FBI's investigating. We, we cut to Chuck Norris, who's wrangling gators. Correct. Man. <laughs> Cannot be any, understated. <laughs> any movie with a swamp airboat, extra half star immediately. Oh, absolutely. This is perhaps the muddiest movie I've seen in a long time. Uh, and he is just caked in the stuff. <laughs> He's just wrangling gators in his yeah, old that's, swamp. That's Florida for you. Yeah, I haven't just, been. so. And just knowing that it's a canon movie and how much cocaine was involved in this whole process. Like, how many <gasps> gators do you think they went through? You know, that's think, the thing is, like, it's. I think it's a limited amount of cocaine because you know that fucking Chuck Norris has got to be straight edge. And his no, brother dude, Aaron. Like, I he think ain't that, funding the money. <laughs> that scene where they gun down the boat full of refugees, that was actually real. They needed that cocaine. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah. That was a documentary. That was that was originally going to be the opening of uh, Life Aquatic, but they had to cut like, it. Wow, these kids are incredible actors. <laughs> Turns out real Richard cannibal Lynch holocaust is a real dick. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Richard Lynch is, I guess, a Soviet terrorist, and he wants to invade the USA. And uh, for the entire movie, I would highly recommend Richard Lynch needs to calm the fuck down. And it's not just because of... Dude, it's like watching Tony Romo call in a Browns game. It is. (laughs) like, cannot shut up. Exactly. Except, like, Richard Lynch, it's not that he's, like, screaming or yelling. I don't want people to misunderstand and be like... He's giving one of those performances, you know, like, ah! He's not like uh, the guy in Dungeons and Dragons. He's like, need to find the dragon. Oh my god, he is he's giving not, he's not Jeremy Irons. the two scenes I saw him in. <laughs> right, he oh, is, he gets even better. He is, he is working. <laughs> <But> <laughs> no, Richard Lynch is all doing this physically. He is in, I don't even remember what sets him off, what triggers him here. But there's a hooker who's like... He was like snorting cocaine, right? He slams her face on the mirror, shoving the the like the nostril, you know, thing up there, and uh, shows she's bleeding all over the place and throws her out the like third story window. <laughs> that is nothing compared to what he does to the guy. He pulls out his three fifty seven, shoots him in the dick three times. Parker, <laughs> never seen it before. <laughs> Parker, <laughs> watching that hooker get thrown out a window. Could you think about anything except for VFW? Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> movie I still need to assign Chris. Oh, yes. Chris will love that movie. Probably, yeah. I, All right. No, it's not a probably. It's a definitely. Yeah, well. It's got gutter punks. It's got Fred Williamson right. ripping somebody's face off. You know, it's... it's God, what a good fucking movie that is. Yeah. So Chuck Norris is in this, and he's just, I guess he's just chilling. I think the FBI is like, we need you for one last job. And Chuck Norris says, unlike every other action here, it would be like a Clint Eastwood's like, I don't do jobs no more, punk. Chuck Norris is like, I told you, I don't want to do any more jobs for you. Like, there, again, his right. voice is I unchanged throughout history. He all, he, all, he, all he ever talks about, he, he looks like he... No, sorry. He sounds like he should be doing the audiobook for Goodnight Moon. Like, <laughs> the entire time. It was like, goodnight, moon. Goodnight, stars. Goodnight, he does window. not talk. Oh, Goodnight, bars. 
And he's know, just doing that remember. the entire time. I haven't read that book in I don't know how long. But, uh, <laughs> I didn't realize you knew more than two lines. I'm proud of you. Uh, I, w- I was making those up, so I think I got them wrong. <laughs> oh, did I? Oh, I don't know if I told you guys. I actually got the uh, the soundtrack to Hey Arnold, and it includes the, the song where Dino Spamoni raps. <laughs> you really buried the lead on this one, buddy. What the oh, fuck? I'm, so I'm glad we have new intro music. Oh, <laughs> Hang on, I'll find you. You guys keep talking about this scene. Whatever scene we're on. Yes. Uh, so, <laughs> so Parker, in this scene, uh, it looks like um, Chuck Norris is uh, in a swamp, and there's that guy with long hair with his swamp boat. You could talk about it? So yeah, he's going to live good, forever. You stupid hood. I'll get it to the count of ten. All right, continue. I don't know. It's crazy that Chuck Norris does not talk like at all this movie, but when he does, he talks at this volume every time. He is silent for ninety percent of it. He's just walking around with his black leather gloves on and his two gun holsters, and he's the coolest guy in the world. Apparently, that this communist has nightmares about. Fresh, baby. It's a rap, boys. <laughs> Not here an issue. I also have the... Uh, <laughs> I also have the the uh, the Rats song. Got that one? So, I'm not going to play that. I mean, you don't... You don't yeah, we all you know don't that one by that heart. Because I, yeah. I can... Yeah. So, back to the bazookas. <laughs> Alright, so... Uh, this is this is actually a dream... Is that, this is either a dream or a flashback. I can't really tell. I think it's a dream. Richard Lynch is... Uh, dreaming that he's about to fire a bazooka at what looks like a soiree and uh, he gets a gun to his head and Chuck Norris says it's time to die and and he he puts down his fucking uh, he puts down his fucking uh, bazooka and Chuck Norris instead of pulling the trigger and shooting him in where he die he just kicks him in the face and then he wakes up like "Ah! Ah! Ah!" so I can't tell. I think this is a flashback. I think this is like because at one point Chuck Norris says earlier is like you should have, you should have let me kill him the first time, and I'm like, oh, maybe he was told by his superior officers capture him, but don't kill him. We want him alive, that sort of thing. But maybe this is just a dream sequence. He's scared about getting caught by Chuck Norris again. In which case, it's even fucking dumber because then he's like more scared of getting kicked in the face than he is of getting shot. <laughs> I've never in my life. Seeing the bad guy in an action movie have a nightmare about the hero. <laughs> but also, it's confirmed because he wakes up and his henchman walks in and goes, The nightmares again. Yeah. <laughs> this is a repeat occurrence where their boss has nightmares about Chuck Norris. And they're like, No, no, we have to go through with the plan. Yeah. We have to He's, kill him. We have to invade America. He will wet his pants. Now, another him. crucial thing with this scene. So it's the first time we see a bazooka, right? Mm-hmm. And he goes to fire it. And then that's when Chuck stops him. And I'm thinking, like, okay, like, you tease me, you got me, but it's a canon movie. Like, they probably don't have money. Yeah, to I mean, just bazookas blow up are a really bunch expensive. of houses. Like, that's a lot of money. <laughs> well. Like, so yeah, you got me. Okay, wow. you tricked me. Little did I know that it was just a little tease for that absolute devastation. And I think this is about the part where the movie stops having a plot and it's just scenes spliced together where people Correct. are getting shot. This. One of the things that I respect about Richard Lynch's character in this movie is that he's a real subscriber that why don't we just go back in time and kill him while he's sitting on the crabber theory? Because <laughs> he just 
detonates the ever-loving dog shit out of Chuck Norris's house. Uh, not his house, his swamp house. <laughs> his, fucking, his fucking house in the middle of the swamp. Like, you know how Joe friend. Manchin... Like, like, Joe Manchin and other rich people have, like, houseboats. You're just like, ah, you imagine, oh, the rich are there, buddy. He just has a house in the fucking swamp, like, fucking... Like, like a cartoon parody of a hillbilly. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to go back to my Everglades house and hang out with my good friend, John Eagle. (laughs) (laughs) Norbert and Daggett are expecting me. (laughs) Grandfather of Eddie. (laughs) They fucking swim in on their giant airboats, each of them holding a bazooka. I realize this is about to be the best night of my life. (laughs) And they blow that shack to hell. Now, luckily, Chuck Norris is able to jump out the window like that. <laughs> he really does, dude. <laughs> and that house is fucking immolated, and uh, John Eagle is dead. <laughs> and... <laughs> John Eagle. <laughs> he literally looks like T Hawk from the Street Fighter games. He does. <laughs> fucking uh, Chuck Norris is. He just looks at the house and goes. Didn't really write anything for this, so he just gets on the swamp boat and leaves. <laughs> Intelligible dialogue. Now I'm not I'm not saying that I would want to drive that instead of my Mustang, but if I lived in Florida, things would be a little bit different. It's how I get from here to there. So can you imagine if you had like machine guns on the side? Oh, can you imagine like twisted metal but in the Everglades? That is absolutely a twisted metal car if I've ever seen one. Yeah. Oh my god, that's we need it. Okay, so, like, that one can swim, and the other ones can't. Okay, so, yeah, they fucking destroy his house. Uh, let's see, next next scene here is, I may have missed one, so keep me honest here. Uh, this is the no Good fornicating, luck. this is the no fornicating on the beach rule, strictly oh, prohibited. My God. <laughs> These two random people we watch make out for a long time? Too yes. long? Yeah. In a movie that obviously just was trimmed to shit and had like, what's that, exposition? Cut it, throw that in the trash, cut that. What these uh what these fine people kiss for a bit. Let's let's And then see they get the, uh... executed like the fucking Zodiac killer, and then he just stands there and watches Johnny Carson. It's the most insane <laughs> thing I've ever seen. The thing is like I thought I missed a scene. I, I almost rewound. I was like <laughs> it was not. like, what is is he the girl's father? Is he the girl's boyfriend? It was like, no, he's just uh, a lackey. He's just some random communist rolling up on the beach in hate yeah. our society. Yeah, he's Why just on the look beach at the at night watching Johnny Carson on a little TV. <laughs> You gotta watch our shows. You know what? I hate America. That's fucking terrible. <laughs> Go home. You're flaunting yeah. freedom. So he, they're doing this. There is a plan, sort of, beyond the... Now, if you're going to invade America, a lot of movies are going to be like, oh, it's like a political throw. They're like sabotage, and they'll invade you know, with like the political system and overtake us from inside, that sort of thing. Uh, Richard Lynch decides, no, we're going to go in guns a-blazing and just see how many people we can kill and just do the best we can. It's and the reverse Bay of Pigs. It's yeah, so hot. It's one of my favorite things because, like, even the, I don't know if it's a cop or an FBI guy says, yeah, that's their whole plan. Turn the people against each other. Uh, one of the, uh, I'm skipping scenes here, which I'll, I'll get back to one of them here, but one of the scenes where this is illustrated is uh, there are a bunch of... Um, 
Hispanic people having a quinceanera or something like that. <laughs> then two couple cops roll up, just like staring at him. And then they just unload on him with shotguns and drive away. And then they get, then the uh, the Hispanic people are really bad when the real cops show up and like, oh, that's how it happens. See, the cops aren't really the bad guys; it's the fake cops. I've always said that. Wait, wait fake cops? Wasn't that the uh, wasn't that what the fucking Chris Chan made up? No, oh, it was jerk cops. <laughs> they told him to leave the mall because he was. A... <laughs> anyway. I think it was really brave to walk into the studio, write Manchurian Candidate on the board, and then scratch it out and write Bazooka and underline it four times. <laughs> So, Chuck Norris, he escapes his destroyed swamp house, and he's at a bar, and I think he's just drinking a bottle of Worcestershire sauce, and the FBI guy <laughs> comes <laughs> the FBI guy comes up to him, and he's just like, hey, come on, you need to join our cause, you need one more job, and uh, Chuck Norris goes, is he Canadian? Yeah. I was gonna say. I had to, I did that voice because I was like, I was going to say, Hey, come on. Why don't you join our cause? Then I, when I hear, hey, come on, I, I think of Saddam Hussein from the South Park movie. <laughs> hey, guy. You need a break. <laughs> Satan, so, your ass is big and red. Who am I going to confuse you with? Liza Minnelli? <laughs> See, this is what happens in my mind while we're recording. Hey, Two Satan. drinks in. Hey. So... <laughs> <laughs> It's great that you can just say that and, uh, like immediately. <laughs> that's, that's like when he said on the last episode, "Do you love her?" <laughs> immediately. Uh, my apologies, everyone, for not realizing it was in fact Pip, not Butters. I'm so sorry. I, dear alter egos, as far as I'm concerned. No one remembers Pip. So, <laughs> so anyway, Chuck Norris responds, "Yes, I will do one last job for the beloved Federal Bureau of Investigation for the United States of America." Planet Earth, and uh, the communists roll into uh, any town USA to destroy the suburbs. Now I've played several uh, fucking <laughs> I've played several twisted metal games like this. These are always the best levels, uh, especially because this has a bazooka that I am going to treasure for. Like he pulls out the bazooka, you're just like, all right, he's actually gonna fire it out. And Richard Lynch is like, wait, wait, give it to me. And then he just fires the bazooka at the exact same target that the lackey was going to fire it at. Which is the ultimate, like, yeah, dude, this is such a great one. It's like, wait, wait, let me do it. It's like, you couldn't possibly miss this target. It's an entire fucking house. (laughs) The setup of the scene is like five minutes of a bunch of kids playing in the street. Like, oh, honey, come in. We're going to bake gingerbread cookies and you can put the star on the tree. Oh, boy, mama, can't wait. And they just roll up and bazooka the house. So a little behind the scenes thing here. uh, Alex initially said that before uh, the mall scene, which we'll get onto, there was no indication that this was a Christmas movie. Uh, This movie, this scene, in fact, does take place at Christmas. We're playing a instrumental version of Hark the Herald Angels saying and there is a Christmas tree. I will Not be fair to Alex it's totally fair it's totally fair that you wouldn't think that this is Christmas because there's so many kids playing in the street that at first I thought it was Halloween like I really I genuinely I thought they were just going from like house to house just like begging for treats not like Christmas caroling or whatever uh, but yeah can you imagine just fucking you're in your house and you're watching I guess Johnny Carson and then a fucking bazooka blows up the house next door you're like what the fuck was bam and then they, they get talking about a sticky situation <laughs> those new neighbors are driving in blaring that loud bass in their car oh Jesus <laughs> oh god wish they'd quit it with that fucking rap music I'm so sick oh honey <laughs> The Robinsons are on fire again. 
So when I see the scene of uh, Bazooka and the Wanton Destruction in the Communist here, I'm like, wow, this movie is sending me a message. A message that I need to get a fucking bazooka, you guys. I'm ready to stand up and defend our freedom. We need yeah. an amendment to the Second Amendment that lets us yeah. buy bazookas. Yeah, like, like, also all, t-shirt all, guns. All other assault weapons are banned. However, you can have a bazooka for home defense. Dude. <laughs> I've never seen this many bazookas in anything. Any all games, yeah. movies, anything Officer, ever. I swear that deer was coming right for me. <laughs> My family was in danger. You just painted the neighborhood with the centrals. <laughs> All right. Hey, so, have you seen uh, my dog? I'm standing my ground. I am on my property. So I uh, somebody told that dog there's a baby inside. Yeah. <laughs> I had to do what I had to do. So I hate to play this for a third time, but uh, Chuck Norris goes riding through the hood I'm in the house, baby, and baby. she's just. <laughs> And all the black people are really angry at him. They're yelling at him, Hey, what are you doing here, white boy? Why are you in our neighborhood? And he just doesn't say anything because he's just too cool for it. And I think the, the scene is meant to illustrate, Oh, the communists are turning everyone against each other. Won't people understand? We're all Americans. We're all in this together. Then he stabs a man through the hand and demands to know where the communists are. <laughs> oh, they turn against each other as he rolls up his window and double checks his doors. Yeah. yeah I, don't want to even, I don't want to pull on the handle or anything. Yeah. Who are you working for, Scarecrow? That's how they're dividing us, Chris. <laughs> Sorry. You think that if fucking Chuck Norris was like, if he was like in his twenties or thirties today, he wouldn't be doing any martial arts. He'd just be an ASMR guy. <laughs> Chuck Norris instead of doing Total Gym is just like recording himself unwrapping candy on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to the mall scene. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, what's mall scene, covers um, I vote for best movie of the year. Yeah, one of the top like, five. We gotta I've set the way ever. that it starts. Like we have this little slime ball kid. He walks in there blowing his bubble gum while the world's shittiest baldest cop is just looking at him. Like you're like. That guy went through the academy? That guy does push-ups? I don't buy it. No way. No way. This guy isn't even a ball cop. There's no way that this guy works security anywhere. He so, just answered the casting call. And, Gol- and Golan Globus is just like, yeah, sure, whatever. I don't fucking care. The brilliance of this scene is that within not even five seconds of it starting, you immediately understand that terrorists are going to attack them all at Christmas time. Right. Like, you know what movie you're watching? And yeah. just like, they show you just this little tidbit of being in a Christmas mall where everyone's shopping and you just start rubbing your hands together like a little <laughs> <Yeah>. fucking monkey. <laughs> like, oh my God, it's coming. The entire middle of the movie is setting up an establishing shot you going, oh no way. And yeah. then it happening. <laughs> it's great. Okay, so they're in like a KB Toys or something like that and one guy very conspicuously drops his package and leaves it there and starts Stanley walking away from it. And <laughs> my favorite thing is like the one guy who's like kind of like uh my the closest analogy I could come for with the uh with the boiling acid guy. Hey, hey mister, you dropped your package. Uh, come back come back. You dropped, yeah, don't you want your package, mister? You dropped your package. All this while a cop is literally chasing this guy down with his gun drawn. Meanwhile, I want to describe the terrorist the way that he's walking. He turns from the Stanley Shuffle into like 
like literally doubling back, almost touching the guy carrying the package and go. It looks like a rogue AI in a video game. It looks like an escort quest gone wrong. It just like wanders off and falls into the level geometry. Hey, mister, I think you dropped your magnum package for your monster doll. <laughs> Oh, do you want him? And then they take the wrong turn at Albuquerque and two terrorists pull out and start unloading them. <laughs> Turns out that bomb's not even that big, though. So I've heard similar. Yeah. Oh. So, anyways, Chuck Norris shows up. Yeah, Chuck Norris is killdozer. Yeah, Chuck Norris shows up. I think it is Mustang, and uh, he is battling the. The there's no other way to describe. It. I think these are actually called mall prize trucks, and uh, yes. <laughs> They kidnap a woman, and uh, he's driving through, and who is the woman with him? I do not know. Did I miss a scene? Is that like his girlfriend or something? We all did. It was thrown <laughs> away. That film did not get saved. Man, yeah. man, we need to establish, nope, cut it. <laughs> you you uh, want to talk about a movie that understands the things that anybody that's ever thought about when they've walked through a mall before. Any time that you can involve the cars that are already parked in the mall. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Everyone's thought it. Yeah, I can't believe yeah. it took me this long to see it in a movie. Yeah, so here's the thing. Like, I'm pretty sure the woman who's with him is either his girlfriend, because there's a scene where uh, he's driving his Mustang up alongside the uh, the mall price truck. He's like, get ready. She's like, for what? And she helps him save, I guess, like a girl who's connected in there. And I think he puts a bomb on the truck and explodes, uh, which he'll do later. We'll get to that. But, like, <laughs> later on... Uh, there's just a shootout. Oh yeah, there's a sleepy Joe Biden is responsible for all the empty shelves. So the fucking people are protesting because they're limited to twelve items, and uh, no, Chris, the cops because he's working with the communists. Exactly. So all the communists are just like, oh, perfect scene. We can uh, just like pick them off there and we'll get one of them. And uh, fucking Chuck Norris drives by and uh, ruins their plan. And the woman there. He's just chewing him out the entire time, just like riding him as hard as she fucking can, just tearing him a new yeah. one. Just sorry. Yeah. Anyway, she is just really yelling at him impolitely. So you do some of that. Thank you. And uh, she's when he saves her, she's like, "What took you so long, Rocky?" And he's just like, he just doesn't even say anything because I don't think he wrote any dialogue for that either. You know, I'm very sorry. I'll try to do better next time, dear. And uh, he rides off into the distance. And then there's a school bus. Uh, let's talk about the school bus scene. Hey, <laughs> the fact that the are you... mall explodes into a longer car chase, and then it would just go straight into the school bus. Dude. Dude, the fucking school bus scene takes so fucking long. I am so sick of the row, row, row your boat song. <laughs> well, that's right for those kids to die, dude. <laughs> there's only one thing that I could think about while watching this like scene transition from the mall to the school bus. Because, you know, you're getting what you want. And all I could think about in the way it's presented is the fucking car wash scene in Ghost Shark, Parker. <laughs> Chris, have you seen Ghost Shark yet? No, not yet. All right, that's, uh, make sure that's on the list, Parker. No, let me just go re-add it. I think it's already I, on there. It added a second time. Deal. You can do it twice. Future episode. Oh, I love Ghost Shark so much. Oh, sorry. Continue. <laughs> we won't spoil too much of that Thank scene you. from Ghost Shark. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, the, he uh, he drives up alongside the bus, exchanges one bomb for, and he takes the bomb. He puts. He's like, "Hey, I think you dropped it. Hey, I think you dropped this. 
dog. And he puts this on the side of their car and it explodes. And uh, there's a lot of thwarting going on in this movie. At some point, uh, Chuck Norris says, well, the only thing that I can do is kill every single one of them. And he just goes up to, like, every single time they try to kill a whole bunch of people, he just stops it and ruins their day and just spoils all of their fun. <laughs> He's like Bugs Bunny. He, just he really is. And every I single time, it. every single time Richard Lynch has, like, a shotgun, you just you just say, uh, you just see fucking Chuck Norris just pop out of a hole in the ground and go, yeah, what's up, Doc? And he puts a carrot in the fucking barrel. <laughs> Except when he does it, a car explodes and men are yeah. burned alive. <laughs> I cannot believe how many cars explode in this movie, you guys. Anyway, uh... We have to go back. Yeah, so the cops show up to uh, Chuck Norris' hotel room. Kind of something I didn't really expect to see, because he's a vigilante, I guess. Uh, actually, maybe this is where the movie has something in common with Commando, because it did get like some pretty strong Commando vibes here. And I think in that movie they were also pursuing uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger for being a... He, he also was like, hey, we need you back at the job. And also for being a Commando. Like that. Yeah, except in that movie he was trying to save Alyssa Milano, and in this movie Chuck Norris is trying to save America. Hello, my name is John Matrix. I'm here to save America from the communist threat. See, like that's hey, one of the things about the. What's up, that, that was almost a Peter Griffin in there. <laughs> <laughs> I felt it happening. Hey, Lois. Hey, Lois. <laughs> I did it. I beat you to it. I beat you to it. Three push-ups. All right. So. <laughs> you think that's bad? Okay. All right. <laughs> oh, oh, what the deuce? This reminds me of the time I fought Bruce Lee. Oh, I, I can see this episode spinning out of died. control. <laughs> wow. All right, so in the final scene, final scene, <laughs> the final scene in which I have to fight the chicken for forty-five minutes. <laughs> no, no, no. This is a normal podcast. Okay, so incorrect. He's <laughs> this is a crazy podcast. No. Okay, so this is where Chuck Norris goes to fight Richard Lynch, and this is like I think. The United States has put like a the military has put like a curfew on the populace and everything, and I think maybe this was a as subtle as Aaron Norris gets, where he's just like, yeah, that's how the communists take us over. Then they turn the government authoritarian, just like Sleepy Joe Biden. So uh, anyway, he goes after Richard Lynch in the, I guess it's an apartment complex or something, and uh, kills him. Now, I love the choice for this final standoff because you get action movies that are like, all right, I'll have like a Magnum or a shotgun or something. He's just rocking dual Uzis and just <laughs> lighting people the fuck up. It's like, oh, you turn a corner to see someone, you get quadruple tapped immediately. It's it's a choice, and I respect it because you don't see it very often. Very A lot of underutilized weapons in this movie being very prominently used. Yes. Uzis, we... bazookas, grenade launchers of all types. So, it, we would be remiss to mention the fact that uh, Chuck Norris blows up the bad guy with a bazooka. My last notes are, no I, way, oh my god, it I, just ends like that. He just, he, for the, you never think you're getting that payoff. You think the bazookas are just a tool of the bad guys. Surely he will not be hoisted by his own comeuppance by another bazooka. And yet. They have a stare down. He fires... And you're like, okay, they just blow him out the window. No, it cuts outside. The fucking wall's exploding in slow motion. I saw a leg in that motherfucker. <laughs> you yeah. see body parts I did too. I did too, flying dude. in the debris. <laughs> and then it cuts to Chuck, 
who proceeds to not have a cool guy line, and then credits just roll. <laughs> There's no resolution. There's no like, and then America came together. He just, this dude explodes. Movie's over at hour 45. We're done. Dude, so, like, if you want, you can look up the poster to Invasion USA. It is a real classic. It's got Chuck Norris, and he's got, like, the White House. Not even the White House. It's the Capitol. It's, like, a mile away from New York City. He's, like, firing two different Uzis in two is separate directions. Is like in this poster? Uh, it might be. That uh, looks like it. All right. Yeah. That, that's a good one. It's a good one. But an even better one is just, I just Googled Invasion USA. It's just a picture of fucking, a still from the movie where he's holding a bazooka. It was just like, I'm just going to buy this. <laughs> put it in like one of those like picture frames, put it like right by my bed, uh, kiss it before I go tonight. Go to bed tonight. <laughs> Edit that. Make me sound cool. All right. So the movie is a 10 out of 10 based on a true story. Um... Dude, what the fuck? I can get this poster on Walmart.com? Alright, hold on. Yeah, dude. <coughs> Man, the South is onto something. You guys are right, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's the apology accepted. Sometimes some good things come out of you it. You know, as the northern of this podcast, you know. <coughs> For now. Alright, well, uh, I guess we can move on to the game of games. Alright, well, here's the thing. Somehow, all four of the the surviving playoff teams managed to make it through the great purge of teams. However, Parker has three of the four. So, uh, how do you guys want to do this? Yeah, guys. How do we want to do this? (laughs) (laughs) So, I have the fourth team. It was the 49ers. Parker has the Bengals, the Rams, and the Chiefs. Meaning he's guaranteed at least... One of the two Super Bowl teams already. <laughs> so, uh, I think how this is supposed to work is for each team that you have, you can assign somebody a movie. Or you can choose to take one Dragon Ball instead for yourself. Or you can give a Dragon Ball to somebody else. I don't know why you Interesting. <clears throat> give two Dragon Balls for both. So are you saying I can assign three things? Total, yes. Chinkies. Let me let me consult what's happening here. Alright, let me ask first. So you said we'll do an episode on old after we get past uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Moonfall. I think it's a good right? idea. I think it's a good yeah, idea. Yeah, I can say that because I talked myself oh, yeah. into it a couple weeks ago. I wasn't gonna tell you guys, but if you watched it then yeah. Okay, well. Well, all right, Chris, let's just go and throw a ghost shark on your plate here. All right. So I want to talk to you about ghost shark for a while. Uh, we, that should be an episode. We <laughs> okay. Should, save, save your... It's also decided... Roll, roll, uh, roll it back. <laughs> roll it back. We did just talk yeah, about this. <clears throat> it's like, if we're talking about ghost shark, then I'm also watching ghost shark, so... Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Okay, this will make an interesting discussion. I have uh, a movie for each of you, and for both of them, they are the second movie in a franchise. Okay. Chris, my good buddy, Star Trek Into Darkness. The Can worst my good buddy one? out? <laughs> I mean, it's uh, yeah. the only way. And then he might watch the third one afterwards, which is he actually should. good. Yeah. Yeah. Fox. But more than anything, I mean, after everything we went through with Star Wars, I want him to relive it with Star Trek and see, like, oh, they promised all this stuff, and then just see... How J.J. Abrams pays off his own ideas. Yeah. It turns out I have not seen this one. I thought I did, so. And for you, Alex, uh, Purge Anarchy. Oh, okay, buddy. Because luckily, as we all know, you can skip the first one, and you don't have the brainworms that we do, so you're just in the clear there. I'm just going to watch it, yeah. 
And I think for that third one, I'll just take a Dragon Ball for myself. Because right, uh, going to twenty-one. A lot of these are just too mean, and I'm just yeah. feeling good about it. And even twenty-one feels good. Twenty-one's a good number. It's not even, but I know you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I, do. I, I received <laughs> my <laughs> refill of my margarita, so we, yeah, I'm sorry. We're I'm, I'm also gonna take a Dragon Ball because I don't have anything that's that funny, and also I'm not that far from fourteen. So, so okay, the purge anarchy for me. I'm, I'm ordering this poster right now. Hell yeah, dude! Think about getting some posters just to uh, create a sex-free room in my house. So <laughs> you know, don't want anybody to be tempted if they come over. You know, I mean, I I never would, but you know, other people. Oh, I wish I had an assignment to give Alex Fern Gully. What do you got for me, buddy? Let's I want to give you Fern. I want to give you Fern Gully. Uh, well, you can hold on to that so you get the assignment. Yeah, back, yeah. I think funny. I have to earn that one. <laughs> that's not that funny. <laughs> you thought it would have would have been on something good, so no. I thought you had uh, a good idea. My mistake. That was a great idea. So it's not a future episode. I'll tell you that much. All right. No, well, I will not be there. two. Yeah. <laughs> well. You guys uh, talk about Fern Gully in the three-hour Chinese war movie together. <laughs> we uh, do that in the middle of it. So we're doing Twilight next week, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, right. absolutely. <clears throat> oh, and just one more thing. Jackie. Oh, Shinron. <laughs> oh. I think my good friend Chris would love G Gundam. <laughs> okay, so I will say I have a provision here. All right. If he gets to the Master Asia stuff and it just doesn't find it funny, doesn't have anything to talk about, hates the show. He can stop, but I get my Dragon Balls back, and we just call it a wash. All right. Well, that's a pressure on me. Like, I don't. <laughs> all right. Because like that happens pretty early on, and like if that stuff doesn't do anything for you, you're like, I don't know. If it's like Beyblade for you at that point, then there's no need to watch 30 more episodes. This is certainly a addendum. Of the... Addendum. You uh-huh. get five of your seven Dragon Balls back. Yeah, deal. So you two are gone yeah. for good. Yeah, uh, okay. I was gonna say seven. this is this is starting to remind me of that fucking tweet where the woman's like, the reason I go to. Uh, like, one of those gyms is because their business model depends upon me not going to the gym. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't let you get Dragon Balls back by not finishing this 49-episode whatever. Hey, that's what I'm saying. If you're not vibing with it, it just turns into an obligation that we can't even get content out of. Yeah, no that's one cool. Wins. Just, no that's one's cool. happy with that. It's cool. It's fine. I'll take, like, a, a year and a half to hey, watch it. Hey, take your time, buddy. I have I no leg to stand on. Take your fucking yeah. time. <laughs> I just wanted that in the docket. Finish your other shows first, but I wanted that just locked in. Yes. Because, you know, I've got three wishes. Yo, there's a movie called oh. Tomb Invader. What? No, close that tab. Don't look at it. No, it's 2018. Oh, my God. Oh, it's a TV movie. It must mean it's good. That's why I don't uh, know what I know. All right. Well, well, next week's episode is Twilight. That's the tea, sis.